Glorious devotees, thank you so much for taking your time to attend this presentation on the Dharmadhar Leela. Uh, this will be a four-part series delivered during the month of Kartik. I know we're starting a little late, but uh, they've designated the month of November as our online time to deliver this series of lectures. So I've been requested to speak on the Damodar Leela, and our approach will begin with um, obtaining a proper conceptual orientation as to uh, Vrajlila in general, so that when we view the Damodar Leela, uh, we'll have the proper conceptual orientation as to the unalloyed devotion of the residents of Krishna's eternal abode, uh, Nalok, the Aprakat, and also uh, his manifestations within the material world, the Prakatlila uh, in Vraj or the Mathura area. So our approach today uh, will be 
by looking at the various acharyas who will be major contributors to the dialogue which we will draw from during this presentation. So we should understand the, the source for Gaudiya Vaishnavs um, of the observance of Kartik Rat um, is coming from the Hari Bhakti Vilas. And there uh, we find a section dealing specifically with the Urja Vrata or the Kartik, the month of Kartik, uh, or also referred to as the Damodar Vrata. All this is part of the Chatur Masya Vrata. And Srila Gopal Goswami, uh, in service to Sri Sanatan Goswami, uh, has provided uh, a section in the Hari Bhakti Vilas uh, dealing with how Gaudiya Vaishnavs observe this uh, festivity of mercy uh, coming during Srimati Radharani's month. Uh, so this Kartik Vrat um, is extremely important uh, to Gaudiya Vaishnavs. But for us, uh, as Gaudiyas, um, Avrata is not uh, a period of extreme austerity, but rather a period of extreme festivity. So as part of the festivities that Sanatan Goswami and Gopal uh, Bhatta Goswami have outlined in their Hari Bhakti Vilas, uh, the daily entrance into um, the Damodar Leela through song uh, is observed. And uh, that song is, uh, was taken from the Padma Purana. Uh, it's known as the Damodar Astikam. And it was spoken by uh, Sri Satyavrata Muni in the context of a conversation between Narada Muni and uh, the sages headed by Sunaka Rishi. So this is coming to us from the Padma Purana. And then Sanatan, working in conjunction with Gopal Bhatta, have included that particular uh, ostacum uh, by Satyavrata Muni um, in their section there dealing with how Gaudiyas observe uh, the Kartik Vrat or the Urja Vrat. And then, of course, there's also additional instructions in regards to the entirety of the observance of the Chaturmasya Vrat. So, uh, in dealing with the Damodar Asticum, which is a condensed 
uh, eight stanzas of transcendental nectar, uh, which gives the Gaudias a real window into the Leela of Lord Krishna and Mother Yasoda and the other residents of Vraj. Um, in looking at this Osticum, uh, we also are blessed with <clears throat> the a commentary on it given by Sanatan Goswami, which is called the Dig Darsini Tika. And uh, this Tika, of course, was in Sanskrit. And Bhakti Prajan Keshava Goswami Maharaj uh, translated uh, Sanatan's Tika into Bengali. And then it was further translated by his disciple, Bhaktivedanta Narayan Goswami Maharaj, into Hindi. And his disciples, Narayan Goswami Maharaj's disciples, uh, gave us an English translation. In addition to that, um, Narayan Maharaj also provided his own Dig Darsini Vritti, which is full of much rasatattva or personal insight, which can't be directly traced to, um, or at least I was not able to trace a lot of the narrative there from his uh, Dig Darsini Vritti uh, to specific uh, places where the same insights were given by other acharyas. So they may be uh, just within the tradition, they may be his own unique revelation. That's the interesting thing that we see in regards to the Dharmadhar Astakam of Sri Satya Vratamuni, because it's so central to uh, the, the Kartik Vrat and um, has been, I mean, every day it's chanted by all the Gaudias um, and there's, and therefore, because the Gaudiya tradition is so much, has invested so much and drawn so much from this Osticum, uh, there's tremendous insight uh, into the Dhammadhar Leela through it. And uh, much, much has been, has been churned in that ocean of transcendental sound vibration and from that ocean, so many different revelations in regards to the Damodar Leela specifically and Vraj Bhakti and the mood of the Lord's eternal associates there uh, generally. Uh, all that has come out in so many different ways from our various Gaudiya acharyas. So what I'll be doing in this presentation is just giving us a, a, a cursory overview of some of those amazing insights um, that are coming from the Dhammadhar Asticum. And we're going to be doing that 
through the lens not only of the Astakam, but also of the Gopal Champu of Srila Jiva Goswami, uh, dealing specifically with the Damodar Leela itself. So um, I'll be utilizing a lot of what can be drawn from both the commentaries on uh, Sacha Muni's Astakam and also what Jiva Goswami gave us there and also the other commentaries on that section of the Srimad Bhagavatam dealing with the Damodar Leela. So there's a lot. Uh, and uh, really, this, this subject is so deep and so comprehensive uh, in both theology and rasa tattva that uh, in four classes, we will just be able to do uh, an overview. Uh, but that does not mean that we will not dive into a lot of the detail um, of the Leela itself. So we're excited to make this presentation and uh, we will proceed here. Uh, we see uh, here uh, many of the luminaries from which we've uh, gained some insight, uh, and I've just mentioned some of them. Uh, we've also listened to and encourage everyone uh, participating in uh, hearing this presentation to take some time and listen to the eight lectures delivered by Swami uh, Tripurari. Uh, those were delivered in the fall of 2016 on the Damodar Astikam. Uh, those lectures were given actually at Sagrahiza Nanda Ashram, and uh, they deal specifically with uh, Satyavatamuni's Astikam itself, but uh, they're just one, he gives wonderful insights uh, there uh, also. So if during this month you can also listen to that series of eight lectures, uh, you'll find those very spiritually nourishing. So we've drawn from those, we've drawn from uh, the Gopal Champu, and we'll be drawing out some of that and presenting it. And we've drawn from the Bhagavat commentaries of uh, Srila Prabhupada, my spiritual master, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, Jiva Goswami and Sanatana Goswamis in there. Uh, Vaishnav Tosanis um, on that section of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So we're going to go into this. We're going to enter into this um, with a, a reading as presented in the Gopal Champu by uh, Snigdakanta. And Snigdakanta is relating to the residents of Vraj, Nanda Maharaj, and Nanda Maharaj's courtyard. Uh, he's relating the Damodar Leela to all the, all the residents of Vraj. And he, we're going to start in that narrative with the specific 
songs that Snigdakanta sings to the residents that Mother Yasoda was singing when she was churning the milk on the morning uh, before the whole Leela unfolded. So as you know, Krishna was sleeping and Mother Yasoda was, was churning the milk to make butter, make yogurt, make butter. And uh, she was singing songs. That's all we have in the Bhagavatam narrative. So Srila Jiva Goswami, through his Gopal Champu, has elaborated on what uh, Rajaswari Sri Yasoda was actually singing. And those verses uh, go as follows. She's basically recounting Krishna's earlier pastimes. She sings there, Oh, my darling son, you are the crust ornament of the dynasty of Gokulapati Sri Nanda Maharaj. The Vrajavasis must have performed greatly pious acts to witness you bringing joy to their hearts. Your activities delight the eyes of all. You rouse the joy of the cowherd community by the blissful festival of your birth and by the recent and auspicious act of killing Putna. You have spread the glory of your father, the king of Gokula, far and wide. After eliminating Sankatasura, who made everyone lose all composure, you were blessed by the auspicious rituals of the Brahmanas. Later, Sri Nanda's worshipful deity, Parameshwar, returned you to us after destroying Trinavarta along with his storm. O lotus-eyed boy, boy of incomparable piety, you used to crawl about on your tiny hands and knees in our charming courtyard. You have shown great expertise in playing various games and demonstrating many varieties of dance. When you used to grab the tails of the calves, they would run away, dragging you along. At those times, your gorgeous form was pulled through the dust and cow dung, which gave you an even more enchanting splendor. While playfully quarreling with the elderly gopis, you would frivolously increase everyone's confusion through your antics. O oh Krishna, since I am your mother, forever continue to expand my already boundless joy. Quickly grow healthy and strong and fulfill our desire by delighting our eyes with your many lively pastimes. At first, you cause bewilderment by displaying the three worlds within your mouth. Later, however, it was understood that by doing so, 
you confirm the existence of Lord Vishnu's spiritual illusory potency, Vaishnavi Maya. O Krishna, may your body be free from aging and death, and may you become the bestower of bliss by serving Sri Hari. Interestingly enough, um, Yasoda's songs, as related in the Gopal Champu, end there. And those songs follow very closely uh, verses uh, from the Srimad Bhagavatam narrative up to the point of Krishna's eating dirt. And we find there that this, this is really an entranceway for us into understanding the nature of Rajlila as given uh, by Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. So we are going to Uh, take some time now to really set the philosophical groundwork that's going to allow us to completely explore uh, these leelas in a very comprehensively uh, amazing way. Uh, we need to we need to have the proper conceptual orientation, and I I have uh, chosen an entranceway now uh, that will hopefully set that groundwork. Now we're going to go from the Gopal Champu to the Bhagwat Purana itself. And we're in the eighth chapter here of the 10th canto. And we'll begin here. Uh, Krishna has been accused of eating dirt at this point. So we've gone from the songs of Mother Yasoda singing. And we're going, we're taking a little bit of a step back because that's where her song ended where she spoke about the amazing vision that she was given. So we're going to go to the section of the Bhagavatam where that's dealt with comprehensively. And from there, we're going to enter a little bit into a philosophical basis and then proceed uh, more into the Leela and the Osticum. So the Bhagavatam states there, Lord Shri Krishna replied, my dear mother, I have never eaten dirt. All my friends complaining against me are liars. If you think they are being truthful, you can directly look into my mouth and examine it. When Yasoda challenged Krishna, if you have not eaten earth, then open your mouth wide. Krishna endowed with the highest powers and with the highest sweetness, exhibiting pastimes like a human child, 
not completely giving up his powers, opened his mouth. Some con, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Some commentary here uh, on that particular verse from Jiva. Uh, his Asvarya thus displayed the universe within him in order to nourish Yasoda's praying with astonishment and in order to help her by making his words true when he said he did not eat dirt. <clears throat> by showing that everything exists within him and by producing a differing mood to ease Yasoda's anger. In the pastime with Trinavarta, his Asvarya made him heavy. It should be understood that his Asvarya, with its inconceivable power to fulfill his desires, reaches its highest perfection in these acts. Now, this is going to be unpacked a little bit, but I wanted to share with you this particular commentary uh, from Jiva Goswami's uh, Lagu Vaishnavi um, Tosani. Because Jiva's saying here that it should be understood that his Ashvarya, Krishna's Ashvarya, with its inconceivable power to fulfill his desires, reaches its highest perfection in these acts. So this really requires us to enter into some contemplation. Wait, in Vraj, Krishna doesn't really display his Ashvarya that much. But Jiva's saying, no, really, in Vraj and his Vraj Leela, he, he displays his Ashvarya to its highest perfection. And the Ashvarya, the Lord's amazing potencies, are dis distributed there to the highest perfection in what way? because they serve to enhance the prem bhakti, the loving exchange between Krishna and all of his associates of Vraj, in Vraj. So we can see the Ashvarya here is serving Krishna by taking the situation and and by letting Mother Yasoda see in Krishna's mouth all this Ashvarya, all the powers that the Lord has to make unlimited universes and to be all-encompassing all so much that she even saw herself there looking into his mouth. So we can just imagine it's going to be unpacked a little bit further here, but all that she saw there. So the Ashvarya potency was serving the Prem Bhakti, the loving exchange between Yasoda and Krishna at that time, as Jiva writes, uh, producing a differing mood to ease Yasoda's anger. 
So to you to ease her anger that are you be are you a liar? Are you lying to me? Is Balaram lying to me? I don't understand. One of the two of you has both of you can't be giving me the truth. So it, you can imagine as a mother, she's kind of upset. Balaram is a, and all of your boyfriends have accused you of eating dirt and you're saying you didn't. And you're calling all them liars. So she, you can understand as a mother, she has to be a little upset with her son to, to know what, what really is going on. Let us move on. In this, to the same verse, Jiva, I mean, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, in his commentary on the Srimad Bhagavatam, looks at it a little differently. And he writes in his commentary, Krishna said, I did not eat dirt. To tell a lie for fear of being beaten is natural for a child, and it nourishes the Vatsalya Bhav, parental affection. Vatsalya and other rasas spring from Prem, and Prem rests within a devotee's heart. It arises in the devotee because of Krishna's inherent affection for his devotees. Bhakti Vatsalya. The Lord's quality of Bhakti Vatsalya is greater than any of his other spiritual qualities, such as purity, mercy, or truthfulness. As Krishna's telling a lie springs from his bhakti vatsalya, it is not a fault. Rather, it is the crown jewel of all great qualities. So we can see Srila Vishwanath is looking this at the same verse from a different perspective. And it's saying in this verse, we can see that the, the love Krishna has for his devotees. And that love is being is coming out in this particular way. That he's entering into this dialogue and he's he's apparently or is lying to his mother, but that lie, that lie is is, is nurturing the loving relationship between them and he's saying that of all the lord's qualities of all the lord's different powers and opulences that this bhakti vasayu it's greater than any of the others and here we can see it's interesting the way in the commentary he said such as purity mercy and tr truthfulness so when we think of spiritual qualities we think of all these you know, these, these high things. But here, Krishna's lying to nurture bhakti vatsalya, to, to, to exhibit his bhakti vatsalya, to nurture the praying between him and his mother, that certainly is higher than any other more morality because it's nurturing their loving relationship. So even his lying if it is used to nurture the Prem Bhakti, the Bhakti Vatsalya is higher than other spiritual qualities. So an, an, another interesting perspective from Srila Vishwanath. 
Now we go back to the Bhagavatam proper. And Sukadev writes, when Krishna opened his mouth wide by the order of Mother Yasoda, she saw within his stomach all moving and non-moving entities, Bhuva Loka, and all directions, along with mountains, islands, oceans, the surface of the earth, wind, fire, moon, and the stars. She saw the planetary systems, water, light, air, ether, and ahankar, mahatattva, and prakriti. She saw the presiding deities of the senses. She also saw the senses, the mind, the tan mantras, and the three qualities, goodness, passion, and ignorance. She saw the time, the jiva, the tendency to transform, karma, and desires as well as various bodies. When he opened his mouth and she saw herself and her son, when he opened his mouth and she saw herself and her son along with Braj, she became doubtful. She was bewildered. The commentary goes on. When Yasoda understood the truth, the Supreme Master, by the influence of the internal potency, spread mercy by having her develop the deepest affection for her son. Immediately forgetting that Krishna had shown the universal form within his mouth, Mother Yasoda took her son on her lap, feeling full affection in her heart as previously. So we can see that immediately Yoga Maya perceived some distress or some concern in, in, in what the vision of the universe within Krishna's mouth was was creating the emotions that it was creating and those emotions were were stifling her loving relationship with krishna and therefore they were withdrawn so much so that even seeing what she had just seen was removed from her mind and she could immediately return uh to feeling her full affection for Krishna uh, as she had before. And now we come to the key verse for our philosophical entrance into um, the the nature of Raj Bhakti. So Sukadev Goswami writes there in the 10th canto, 8th chapter, 45th verse, after relating this amazing display of Asraya and amazing interaction between Krishna and Yasoda, he writes there, the glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are studied through the three Vedas, the Upanishads, the literature of the Sankhya Yoga and other Vaishnav literature. Yet Mother Yasoda considered that supreme person her ordinary child. 
We'll begin our entrance into establishing this firm conceptual orientation and groundwork from where we will be standing on a solid ground to enter into the Damodar Leela and through the narrative itself and through the Damodar Ostakam of Satyavrata Muni. Vishwanath writes in his commentary to this verse, Yasoda's love remained unrestricted in spite of seeing Krishna's powers and hearing about the Lord's powers from the scriptures, such as the three Vedas, which glorify Krishna as the Yajna Purusha, Lord Vishnu, the personal beneficiary of all sacrifice. Krishna is glorified as the Purusha, Supreme Lord, in the Sankhya Sastras, the Paramatma in the Yoga Sutras, and as Bhagavan in the Pancharatra writings, Sattvata. As the fruitive workers think of the Lord as the Yajna Purusha according to the Vedas, similarly Yasoda thought of the Lord as her son due to her Vatsalya praying. Just as Krishna gives results to the karmis who worship him, he reciprocated with Yasoda's maternal affection. But Krishna could not respond fully to the amount of affection offered by Yasoda. Here's the key. One should take this verse as a Parivas Sutra of Krishna Leela. As a lamp sits in one place in a dark room and lights up the whole room, so that statement in the scriptures, which can reveal the meaning of all scriptures or regulate the meaning of the scriptures, is called a Parivas Sutra. This verse stands as a regulator for all of the pastimes related to Ashvarya, displays of power and opulence, shown during Krishna's Kumar and Kishora, childhood and youthful ages in Mathura, Kurukshetra, and elsewhere. Before we speak, I want to share other commentaries on this same verse. First, let's look to Jiva's commentary. Ah, Yasoda is supremely fortunate. The Lord is praised in the three Vedas, ultimately as the Antaryami of Karma and Upasana. He is praised in the Upanishads as the greatest Brahman by qualities and Swarup. He is praised in theistic Sankhya and Yoga, meaning the Puranas as Bhagavad. He is praised in the Pancharatra, Agama scriptures, Sattvatai, which are filled with worship of the Lord. The Agamas as well as the Puranas are included in this list because they are accepted as Angas of the Vedas. The Lord is glorified to some little extent in these works since the Lord is actually unlimited. She considered that Lord to be her son, caring for him affectionately as a mother. This is greatly astonishing. The meaning is this, and Jiva now says, these ordinary people who worship Krishna as the son of Yasoda are superior to all the jnanis 
Elsewhere, the superior of this, superiority of this blood, love is mentioned by my, my dear king, the supreme person, Makunda, is actually the maintainer of all the members of the Pandavas and the Yadu dynasties. In this way, with an abundance of splendor caused by Krishna, they played with him, though he is pure consciousness or happiness known as Burman for the Gyanis, the supreme lord for the de devotees, with Dashyabhav, and an ordinary human child for those covered by material illusion. If this is so for the general devotees, what to speak of those like Yasoda and Nanda? Thus, the conclusion stated becomes even stronger. And we'll conclude the commentary section on this Pariva Sutra of Krishna Lila by looking to the Bhaktivedanta Tika. Srila Prabhupada writes in his commentary on this verse, the absolute truth is realized in three features, Brahmeti Paramaiti Bhagavani Samyate. But she is in such ecstasy that she does not care to understand what is Brahman, what is Paramatma, or what is Bhagavan. Bhagavan has personally descended to become her beloved child. Therefore, there is no comparison to Mother Yasoda's good fortune. As declared by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Ramya Kachid Upasana, Vrajavadu Bargena Ya Kalpita. That's from the Chaitanya Manjusa. Vrajavadu, the gopis, the damsels of Vrindavan, they worship Krishna in the topmost loving affairs. One may be a karmi, a jnani, a yogi, and then a bhakti or prem bhakta. But the ultimate stage of realization is prem bhakti, as actually demonstrated by Mother Yasoda. So we see here the, that Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has given the most profound insight into Raganuga Bhakti. We as Gaudias, of course, are unique. The Gaudiya tradition is unique because we see the entire Bhagavat Purana through the Parivas Sutra as presented in the third chapter. Iti chamsa kalapumsa krishnastu bhagavan swayam. That all these various manifestations of divinity, all these avataric descents are all coming from the supreme personality of Godhead, Krishna. So, and no matter, as Prabhupada says in his commentary, how you're looking, how you envision the absolute reality, as stated in the Bhagavatam, Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavan Iti, Sabjate. 
Mother Yasoda, she doesn't care for any of that. She is only caring for Krishna, her son. So this second Pariva Sutra is the key to entering into the deepest understanding of Raj Bhakti. And that Raj Bhakti, as Prabhupada is pointing out in his commentary, th there's no comparison to that good, the good fortune of those re residents of Raj, as declared personally by Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, in pointing out the selfless love that the gopis have for Krishna. And of course, by bringing this out in his commentary, Prabhupada, of course, is, is extending that to all of the Lord's eternal associates um, in Vraj. So, especially by the Yasoda. If we, in if we can maintain this kind of a spiritual insight, then our immersion into the leelas of Raj Bhakti will be much more spiritually fulfilling. That we'll be able to understand that everything there is ruled by not by all this, not by all the desires and the fulfillment of both material and spiritual desires that are put forth in all the various scriptures. All the various scriptures are putting forth all these different conclusions regarding the ultimate relationships, sambandha, the best practices, abhideya, and the topmost attainment, prayojan. But as Gaudiya Vaishnavas, we are blessed, especially during this Kartik Vrat by Srimati Radharani herself, with the unique ability coming through the dispensation of Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu, Goloker Premadan Hadinam Sankirtan, he came to break open the storehouse of the most intimate loving relationships of the Supreme Lord, and they're off the scriptural map. It's hard to even get other Vaishnav traditions to expect, accept that there is a hierarchy in all the different manifestations of the Godhead. So when, when we see, when we as Gaudiyas take this Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam, this Parivas Sutra, as being the indicator of the hierarchy of the different manifestations of the divinity and the supreme um, position of Bhagavan Sri Krishna 
and specifically the supreme manifestation of the Lord's abode in, in Vraj, in Vrindavan, when, when we look and we as Gaudias accept these things, the Parivasutra, and if we can see the entirety of all the philosophical conclusions given, given in the Bhagavat Purana, which Jiva Goswami has so clearly put forth as the topmost understanding of spirituality, even exceeding what other Vaishnav traditions have had historically accepted. The Prastana Trai, Srimad Bhagavad, I mean, Bhagavad Gita, the topmost Upanishads and Vedanta Sutra. This, these three and the, and the commentaries of the great Acharyas on those, those constitute the spiritual conclusions that, that make up the various Vaishnav Sampradayas. And then we have the ingress of the of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his dispensation to suffering humanity, and all of a sudden, the true position of the Bhagavat Purana rises up from that. And all of a sudden, the Bhagavat Purana is seen as the Gaudiyas, as the as superseding even what all the other Vaishnav traditions have accepted as the topmost pramana or evidence regarding spiritual reality and spiritual revelation. So we, we go by that key, we study the Bhagavat Purana using that key, Krishna Stu, Bhagavan Swayam. We see all the verses. Jiva Goswami has written extensively on how that should how that should be employed in his Krishna Sandarbha. And then we come to this extraordinary manifestation of mercy as coming from, coming during the Kartik Vrat, the Urja Vrat from Srimati Radharani herself, we go even deeper we're allowed entrance even deeper than that into a most intimate key for entering into the understanding of Raj Bhakti. That the love that we can observe and really the loving exchanges, the beginning of the observation of those exchanges is is starting here at this section in the 10th canto. Prior to this, Krishna dispatched with some, some demons. But now, once we come to this particular Leela narrative, the Damodar Leela narrative, we start to see how this loving exchange between mother and son how Vatsalya Ras is played out in a very profound way. And it begins here 
with this amazing vision. And all of a sudden, Yasoda sees that and and it's just, it, it has to be withdrawn. It has to be, it has to evaporate from her mind because such a transcendental vision, which anybody else would, would it would nurture for anybody else, such a vision as Mother Yasoda saw in Krishna's mouth, it would nurture, nurture an amazing spiritual revelation. And it simply confuses Mother Yasoda's loving relationship with Krishna and it's withdrawn. We saw a little bit of a clue of that in, in uh, the Bhagavad Gita when Arjuna also said, I've seen enough. Could you please just you know, and, and it's explained by the commentators there that even that display of Asvarya for to uh, Arjuna was, was, was not really for him, but it was for the benefit of others. So I hope that has given us some groundwork. Uh, I realize it's not the full time, but uh, I, I, if we enter directly into the Damodar Osticum uh, and then just barely started, I think it would be better to, to begin it comprehensively in our next class. So I thank you so much for your kind association. And I will take any questions if there are any. And if not, I offer you my most humble obeisances. Vanchakalpatubhya's cha, tripasindabhya cha. Patitanam Pamanebio Vaishnavijinamonamaha. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Dulal Chandra Prabhu ki jai. Prima Mritam Bani.